Welcome to another week of Coffee and Conversations here at Village Bible Church. Coffee and Conversations aims to answer difficult questions and address hard topics using a biblical perspective. So we use God's Word as our guide and as our truth as we walk through this life together. And I'm just so excited to sit down with you today and look at what God's Word has to tell us about our struggles and our doubts and our questions. So go ahead and grab a cup of coffee and come join us and let's dive in. I will pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all these ladies, Lord. Thank you for bringing us through 2020, God, and all the good stuff and all the bad stuff that happened. Lord, I just want to take a moment and lift up our country to you, Lord. Um, just the things that have happened this week, God, you, those were not out of your control. You knew about them, um, and you know what's going to happen in the future. Lord, um, help us as Christians just point other people to you um, and to recognize that you are our king. And I just pray for our topic this this morning, Lord, would you to remind us that um, you are more powerful than anything, that you are our Savior. And I pray for anyone in this room who is not convinced of that, Lord, would today they would they leave and just know for a fact that you are their Savior and you are everything they need. Um, Lord, we trust you and we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. All right, so th the next few weeks I've texted a few of you and I've asked if you would like to give your testimony at Coffee and Conversations. Um, and I'm very excited for that because I think it's a really good way for us to get to know each other, um, to grow closer together, and to just see the way that the Lord is working in our life. And Jenna isn't here this, this morning, but she's going to be here next week, and she's going to give her testimony to us next week. Um, oh, but also, Jenna, she has a new Instagram. I saw. So the Just Ask Jenna thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I saw her giving birth. Not her giving birth. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her giving <laughs> giving birth to a calf, not Jenna. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was very interesting. I had to close my eyes sometimes. <laughs> um, but anyway, I thought that I would start off our little testimony um, thing by giving you guys my testimony. And some of you guys have heard it, um, but I, I just want to share it because if we're going to share our testimonies, if we're all going to share our testimonies, I have to share mine too. Um, so I grew up in a Christian home. Most of you guys know my family. Um, we go to this church. My grandpa is the pastor, and I have heard the gospel throughout my life, um, but I never accepted it until I was a senior in high school. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of went through the motions, you know, um, elementary school, going to Sunday school, said all the right answers, knew all the right, like, the right answers to the questions. Um, I would say that I had, like, most people fooled. Um, and then in high school, that's when I really started to drift away from what I had known, what I had been taught. Um, and especially my junior year of high school, I kind of just got into the wrong crowd. Um, I started drinking and partying. Um, I found my worth in what guys thought of me um, and just got into some big trouble and ultimately got grounded for like six months, um, which I deserved because I, I was living in a lie. Um, and my parents eventually found that out. Um, and so yeah, during those six months, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere, I had to quit my job, and my parents were basically like, you are staying home and we're making sure that you're healthy, um, because I was making really, really bad decisions um, that would have landed me um, in a very bad place. 
And so during that time, I finally decided to give God a shot. I had never done a personal devotion until this time. I had never even really prayed to the Lord until this time, which is so crazy because I grew up in a Christian house. Um, so I like I knew how all that, all that worked. And I remember I started in the book of Ephesians. I just started reading Ephesians, and it was like the Lord was like speaking to me. And I read verses about how I could be freed of my sin and that the Lord was my Savior. And all of a sudden, I, like it hit me that I was a sinner and like all the things that I had done, um, like guys that I had gone too far with or um, getting drunk on the weekends, like all of that is a sin and I needed a savior. Otherwise I was never going to get to God. I was hopeless. And all these things that I was doing to fill myself up, um, like they just weren't working and I was, I was always wanting more. Um, so I don't really like remember the day that I gave my life to the Lord, um, but I just remember like he just became my everything. Um, and I fell in love with the Word of God. I remember like for the next year, I would spend like an hour every single day like reading the Word and I, I, I was like like d consuming it, like I was starving. And I was, I was spiritually starving. Um, and so yeah, that was my senior year of high school. I went to college and I continued to grow in the Lord. And I still sin every single day. I have such a far way to go. Um, but the Lord is so good and I am a completely different person than I was um, four or five years ago. Um, and so, yeah, that is just a small part of my testimony. Um, and the Lord can do amazing things, and he is our everything. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to spend eternity with God, um, and I'm so excited for that day. And so I hope all of you guys um, have that same hope and assurance that I do. Um, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, so open with me to your, in your Bibles to John 14. Today we're going to be answering a very important question of how do I know that I am saved? Have any of you guys ever, like, been laying awake at night and you kind of think, oh, what if I'm not saved? Or maybe you you came home or you woke up from, like, a nap and nobody was in your house and you're like, oh my gosh, did the rapture happen? <laughs> am I not saved? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible thought, right? Because you're like... I go to church, I go, I do the right things, am I, and then you start to ask these questions. Maybe your heart starts to ask you these questions of, am I actually saved? How can I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm going to be um, in heaven? So I was reading, when I was doing like research for, or like studying for this topic, I came across a statistic that says 65% of all confessing Christians believe that there are many ways to eternal life. Um, has anyone heard this before? People saying, there are many roads that lead to the same destination. Have you guys yeah. ever heard that? Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that that way of thinking as there's believers? There's only one way. There's only one way. <laughs> yeah. How do we know there's only one way? That's what the Bible says. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. So it's really concerning that not only does the world, the world thinks there might be multiple ways to get to the same destination, but sometimes Christians believe that there's multiple ways to get to the same destination. Um... What would you guys say is the most common answer to the question, how do you get to heaven? What have you seen in your friends and their way of thinking? Or maybe in your own way of thinking before you knew Christ? Being a good person. Being a good person. Being someone that like just like does good deeds or like volunteers mm -hmm. or is kind. Or yeah. 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 Just be an overall good person. And this, is that Andrea? Sherry. Oh, Sherry. Um, so this poses the this this poses the question of where is the line of goodness, right? Who draws that standard? 
what if I barely meet this? Like, what if I barely meet the standard? Does that mean I still go to heaven? Or what if I barely fall under the standard? Will God be like, ah, sorry, you should have been a little better. You should have been like volunteered a little bit more and maybe you would make it into heaven. Um, so most of us know, um, if you know the gospel, that being a good person isn't enough. Um, so what does assurance mean? What would you guys say is the definition of assurance? It's kind of like um, being like, kind of like confident, but not like it's like confident in like what you were telling us. You're yeah. assured of it. Yeah. Like when you realize that you're saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like a confidence, but not an arrogant confidence. Right, right. Just a, like you're standing on solid ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so many Christians struggle with the question of, am I really saved? I've struggled with this question before. Um, I would say, even like even after I became a believer, and I was like, how do I know that when I die, I'm actually going to go to heaven? Um, they can kind of keep you up at night and scare you um, and cause a lot of distress. And so my purpose of this lesson is not to like instill more fear into you guys, but give you that solid ground to stand upon. So it, when those questions do come, if they haven't come already, you know how to answer them and you know how to... Um, defend against them and if you're experiencing them right now you'll know that where like where that question leads to um, so we're going to be reading John 14 1 through 7 um, would someone like to read that little section for us So verse 1 tells us a little bit of the state that the disciples were in. So looking at context, why do you think the hearts of the disciples were troubled? Yeah, Jesus is about to leave. He told them, hey, I'm about to leave you guys. And Jesus was like their best friend. They had traveled with him. They knew that he was the Messiah. So, of course, they were a little distressed. Um, looking up at the little passage above, why else were their hearts distressed? Jesus had just predicted Peter's denial. Yeah. Yeah. So they knew that one of them was going to deny Jesus. So they were probably thinking, well, is it going to be me? Do I actually know Jesus? Am I actually saved? Um, so this is a great passage for addressing the topic of assurance because the disciples themselves were not sure of where they were standing. Um, so Jesus answers their um, their heart their questions very um, simply. How does Jesus answer um, answer them? He says that a place is already prepared for them, mm. and they were like, "We believe in God, so we also believe in you." Yeah, he's like, "It's okay." Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Everyone calm down. Why would Jesus answer so simply to something that to us seems like a big deal? Like if their hearts are troubled, that's a big deal. Why would Jesus answer so simply? I feel like 
If Jesus had been like, well, let me give you a step-by-step guide on how you know you are saved, um, they probably would have been like, oh my gosh, let me check every single box to make sure that I'm saved. But rather, like Julia said, he answered very simply, um, kind of calming their fears. So when it comes to our salvation, we tend to try to complicate it, right? We tend to try to, oh, let me work for my salvation, or I sinned, so let me um, do five days worth of good things to make up for it. Um, We complicate it, right? So why do you guys think that we have the tendency to complicate our faith? I think that so many other things in our lives are complicated. Like mm-hmm. a lot of other things in our life that we have to work for, like to gain someone's trust or to um, get in to get a certain job or to get something that we want, right? Mm-hmm. So we think, well, everything must work that way. But that's our human nature, yeah. not God's, uh, God's nature. Yeah, yeah. That's... A great way to put it. God's nature isn't complicated. Yeah. Yeah, it's always people always feel like they have to earn everything. Um, mm-hmm. The gospel is Jesus earned it for you. Mm-hmm. And it's all the people that have to keep striving yeah. and earn it through the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, Christianity is the only religion where you don't have to earn anything. It's already paid for you. Which is crazy, right? Because you'd think if people knew that, they wouldn't believe in the other religion other than Christianity. Right. But it's hard to, it's hard to accept. Yes. To go against yeah. everything else that you know. Because yeah. I feel like sometimes I want to work for something. Yeah. To be like, you know, to have something accomplishment for mm. me. Yeah. You know, like, well, you know, like being prideful, like, look what I did. Like, mm. I earned that. Yeah. yeah. Even though that's not. Which, which may be why other religions have killed people, because yeah. you, mm. you go through the steps. Yeah. And, like, you're like, Okay, I finished step eight. I am now um, about to do step nine. <laughs> <laughs> I am now a, a Buddhist that is peaceful, and I am with like I don't know. Yeah, like, it's just, yeah. Like, maybe uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it does use the control. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, the illusion maybe that you're in control. Right. Because you're not actually in control. Yeah, that is that's really good. Um, go ahead and turn with your Bibles. Uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians two. Turn with your Bibles. <laughs> turn with everyone. Turn with your Bibles. Um, Ephesians two eight through ten. <laughs> and Elise, do you mind reading this for us once you turn there? Uh, yes. Ephesians two. Ephesians two eight through ten. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. Thank you, Elise. Um, so, I'm assuming we've all heard this little section before. Our faith is not based upon our works, um, and what a relief that is, because if our faith was based upon our works, um, I wouldn't be saved, because I do a lot of bad stuff. Um, and um, where was I going? Yeah, if our salvation was determined on how good we were, we would be hopeless. Um, because, like, what if you forget to do your devotions one day? Like, then there goes your assurance. She but gone. if my... If, your what? I said, she gone. She gone. <laughs> but if my 
faith is based on Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if I miss my devotions for 10 days or if I did something bad one day and something good the other day, I'm still saved um, because it's not based on me. Um, I think I got something mixed up in my notes, but that is okay. Um, go ahead and turn back to uh, John 14 for me. So Macy kind of already hit on this, but what does Jesus promise them? Why, like, when he says that he's leaving, what is he promising them? To, like, what is he going to do while he's gone? Yeah, where is that place? Heaven. Did the disciples know that's what he was talking about at this time? No, they were like, what the heck are you talking about? They're like, did you get us a nice hotel? Yeah. <laughs> we're going on vacation. <laughs> and what has he promised us as New Testament believers? What do we like hold on to? I guess it's kind of a vague question. There's a lot of things that he's promised us. As New Testament believers, what has he promised us that he is going to do? He's going to go away, and then what? He's going to come back. Um, and so he's saying, if you know me, I'm going away, and I'm preparing a place for you in heaven. He's making us a nice little room. Maybe that has nice Christmas lights all over it. And candles. Um, he's making it all nice and ready for us, and he's going to come back um, and get us. Um, and verses... Five and six of John 14 are very important because this is Thomas. What is Thomas known as? Doubting, Doubting Thomas. Yeah, so a lot of us can kind of relate Thomas. to Thomas. To what? I like, feel like his name should be in a British accent. Doubting Thomas. Thomas. Like Thomas Or the guy from Narnia, Thomas. Um, so if you doubt, you can relate a lot to Thomas because... He, he doubted that Jesus was even raised from the dead when everyone else was telling him Jesus had raised, been raised from the dead. It took him until he saw Jesus and could touch Jesus that he believed it. Um, so we can find a lot of comfort in... Why do they keep walking, walking back and forth? Why do they keep walking until I notice us? <laughs> yeah. um, and then especially in verse 6, Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. Um, so if you don't know where you're going... Jesus is the way. If you don't know what the truth is, Jesus is the truth. And if your life feels empty and meaningless and hopeless, that's because Jesus is supposed to be your life. And so Jesus, again, is making it super simple. He's not giving us like a step-by-step -step guide, 10 things you can do um, to make sure that you are saved, that God lets you in. He's just saying, accept me as your, as your everything, and that is enough. Um, Jesus is also saying here that he is God. He's putting like an equal sign between him and God. Because if he's saying that he's the way, the truth, and the life, God is the way, the truth, and the life. So he's like, just look to me. I am God. Like, accept me, and everything will be fine. Um, which is so, so great. Jesus is so patient with the disciples and with people in general. He's, like, okay with saying the same thing over and over again, maybe in different ways, um, because he knows that humans freak out, and we're anxious, and we're stressed, and we doubt, um, and he... He has a lot to say about that. All right, turn with me again to 1 John 3, 16 through 24. We keep jumping around today. So actually, I wasn't going to add this in until this morning. I'm reading 1 John in my personal like, um, Bible study. And I was reading this this morning, and I was like, well, now I have to say something about this in Coffee and Conversations. Um, 
but yeah, some of the girls um, and I read First John last summer, and it was really good. Um, yeah, I think it was actually, it was like this summer. Yeah. Oh, sorry. First John 3, 16 through 24. Who would like to read 16 through 24? By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given. Awesome. All right, so according to this passage, how would John, this is actually the same John that wrote, the other passage that we were just in, um, which is kind of cool. Um, how would John, the writer of this, define what true love is? It's a verb. It's a verb. What do you mean by that when you say like love is a verb? Uh, like actions or behavior. Yeah. Love is an action, it's not a feeling. Um, I think in this passage he was saying true love was like Jesus laying down his life for us. Mm -hmm. Like that action. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way that we know what love is, is just because of Jesus. Um, and that's why so much of the world doesn't understand what true love is, because they haven't, they don't, they don't know Jesus. Um, so their love is, is skewed. So kind of what Macy said, that was my next question, is how do we know what love is? And that's just simply because of Jesus. So when we realize how much God loves us, which is shown through how he gave us his son um, and he died for us and covered the price of our sin, that changes our hearts, right? When we truly believe that love, when it becomes a part of who we are, it changes our hearts. And if your heart doesn't change, then your actions don't change. And so what John is saying here is if you don't love the people around you, um, then maybe you are not saved. If you do not, if you are, how do I word this correctly? If you are unable to love the people around you, if love is not one of the fruits of your life, then maybe maybe that's not, maybe you don't know the Lord. Because if you knew the Lord, love would be a core part of who you are. Not saying that you love perfectly. Um, no one can love perfectly. But if it's not a desire in your heart to love people better, then maybe that's a sign that you need to look into your relationship with the Lord. Um, 
What enables us to love people well as believers? Isn't it just like knowing what Jesus did for us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knowing that we can't love perfectly, but yeah. we can mm-hmm. try to love the best that we can. Yeah. And what gives you the strength to do that? Because obviously that can't come from within ourselves. Like, what in you enables you to love people? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a believer, the Holy Spirit is in you. Um, and the Holy Spirit um, works out things in your life after you come to know the Lord, which are the fruits of the Spirit, which we see in Galatians 5, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of those. Um, so when addressed with the question of, am I saved, just look to Jesus first, see if he is your Savior, and then look to your life and say, does it look any different than the, like what other people's lives? Does it look any different than my friends' lives who are unbelievers? Um, do I have a desire to seek after the things of God? Even though I might fail at that sometimes, even if I do fall into sin, um, do I still have that desire to please the Lord, to follow him? Because, again, our faith isn't based on works. If it was, then we would be up and down. Um, we would be saved one minute and sa- not saved the next. Um, but our faith in Jesus changes our hearts and therefore changes the way that we live. Um, so another thing that I wanted to look in in this little passage is verse 19 and 20, which gives us a lot of hope. Um, what does this passage say about who is greater than our heart? God. Perfect answer. Um, so therefore, who do we go to when our hearts feel unsettled or uneasy? God. God. Good job, guys. You're so smart. Even if we feel guilty, like we don't feel like we're loving enough. That's really good. God is greater than our feelings. Emily's going to be teaching next week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, But yeah, that's so true. Like God is greater than anything that we feel. And that's good to keep in mind, especially as as women. Sometimes we let our feelings control us. um, And sometimes we don't, we don't, our feelings aren't always the same, right? Sometimes I have days where I'm like really mad for no reason. But even then, God is greater than my feelings. And even if you don't feel like you've done enough, God, Jesus, has done enough. And that's fact. So if you don't feel saved, um, maybe it's because you haven't been doing your devotions or you feel like you haven't been doing enough, or maybe you were mean to your mom. Um, My question to you would be, well, do you believe Jesus is your Savior? If you say yes, then yes, you're saved. Um, And just repent of whatever you did and move on with it and receive the grace. And maybe you've been struggling with a sin consistently for the past, like, three years, and you're like, why can't I kick this sin? If I was really saved, this wouldn't be an issue. Um, First of all, that's not true. I have struggled with the same sin for four years, um, but I still believe that I am saved. Um, Jesus is my Savior. He's covered my sins past, present, and future, and I work every day to conquer those sins. um, But even when I fail, I still know Jesus is my Savior. And... If you feel like you haven't done enough, newsflash, you haven't done enough. 
There is none righteous, not even run. One, that's Romans 3, 10. Um, but if you believe Jesus is your Savior, that is enough. So what would it be like if our faith was based on how we feel? You kind of already answered this, but let's hit it one more time. Say our faith just relied on how we were feeling that day about where we were with God. How would, what would that mean for our lives? <laughs> you feel like you'd never be saved. If, yeah. yeah. There would be no consistency whatsoever. Yeah. One day you'd be like, yeah. Yeah. There'd be no consistency. There'd be no trust. You'd always be like, um, just like, so like, fearful. Hmm. So like, you'd never be upbeat. Yeah. If you had one good day, you'd be like, ooh, well, tomorrow I have a bad day. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You feel like it all lays upon your shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Romans 1, 8, Romans 8, 1. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what Romans 1.8 says. Um, <laughs> yeah, just um, it says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, so if you feel condemnation, and if you know you're saved, that is not from the Lord. Um, you are free from your sin, past, present, future, if you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, um, despite what you feel. And never stop preaching the gospel to yourself. Literally say it to yourself every day. Sometimes I literally write down in my journal, like the gospel, Jesus Christ died for my sins. It is not my works, it is his. And sometimes I write that, like every single day for a week because I just need to be reminded and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so also my mom, I was talking to my mom about this topic and she said, uh, I think Elise was this here for it, but she said that it's actually a good sign if you're asking this question about yourself. If you have that moment of panic when you wake up from a nap and no one's at your house and you're like, oh my gosh, did the rapture happen? Am I actually saved? It's, pro it's a good question because if you weren't saved, you wouldn't be having that question or if the Holy Spirit wasn't working in you, you wouldn't be thinking, you wouldn't even care if you were saved or not. Um, so the fact that you have that question is a good sign. You can dig deeper into it. And you can also go before the Lord who knows your heart and you can ask him, God, show me like how I can trust you more. Um, show me if there's something that I need to change and remind me that you're my savior. Um, and if this is the first time you've heard this, um, then I invite you to come talk to me afterwards. Even if this is a question that you've been struggling with, I would love to talk to you about it. And also, any of your friends would love to talk to you about it, too. Um, and so, yeah, kind of like we've just talked about this whole time. There's nothing that you do or not, you can't, that you do or you don't do that can get God to love you any more or any less. Um, so, yeah, any questions or thoughts on this, these few passages, things that you guys want to add? Yeah, it was like you. It was just kind of like the beginning of the letter. Let me say first that I think you did not. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean it's not the worst. It's not the worst verse, but it's just not this context that I was thinking of. Um, all right. Well, if we don't have any questions, I will finish this out in prayer, and you guys can go about your day. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for just this time, Lord. Uh, thank you for the reminder that it is not what we do. Um, it's all about Jesus. Help us never to forget that. God, I feel like I've repeated myself like 15 times during this lesson, but God, I just pray that um, we are all reminded that it's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's all about you, Lord. Um, and God, we love you, but we need your help to love you more. And so would you help us do that? And would you be with us throughout this week? In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.